The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another live edition of the Work-Life Balance. And it's another Friday, the Friday before Father's Day. So I am trying to wrap up this Work-Life Week uh, and, and try to get to the family. So, it, you know, it's been a crazy week again, as always. Uh, if you weren't with me last week, what a crazy show that was. We did it in front of a live uh, audience in El Paso, Texas. I had the real-life cue, uh, so he is is uh, a spy, for that matter. He, he worked for the CIA and, and makes all of the gadgets uh, for, for the spies in the CIA, so it was a fantastic show. So you can go back to uh, rickamorris.com and click on the Work-Life Balance and check that show out. Uh, but that was a fantastic show. Uh, with Michael O'Brockta from the CIA. Uh, you also can go to voiceamerica.com, find the work-life balance, and uh, check out that past show. Uh, coming up, uh, we are launching the John Maxwell Speakers Club here in Birmingham, Alabama on June 30th. Uh, so stay tuned to us for that. Uh, also just announced on Facebook Live uh, about an hour and a half ago, uh, we have signed up uh, to be the host for the uh, Live uh, uh, to Lead event. Uh, and so um, if you haven't heard about that, uh, it's an annual event. It's going to be happening live in Atlanta, Georgia uh, on October 6th. It's going to be simulcast around the world. Uh, and they just announced uh, who's going to be speaking at that. It's going to be John Maxwell, uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, Warwick Dunn, and uh, also uh, the, the president uh, of um, Popeye's Chicken uh, is going to be at that event. So we're really excited to, to be hosting that here in Birmingham as well. Uh, so uh, please stay tuned for more details as we make that happen. Uh, so today we're going to be talking, uh, you know, I try to keep it light for today, have a little bit of fun with it. Um, we're going to be talking about buzzwords that we should not be using. Uh, you know, it's really become apparent to me as a consultant, as somebody who's a speaker, uh, how many buzzwords I actually use. And, and I have been on uh, conference calls and demos all day, and I find myself saying things like, you know, it's not customization, it's configuration. We talk about execution metrics. We talk about gap analysis. We say things like as is and to be. Uh, we say all kinds of things like, you know, we need to make sure that we're managing client expectations or is this uh, multi-mission uh, critical? Uh, say, I apologize, I was multitasking. And, you know, we, we just use words and we use phrases and we use things all of the time uh, that, that just is a different language. And it, as I work with the John Maxwell team and as we start talking about the John Maxwell Speakers Club, one of the biggest things that we need to make sure that we're doing is communicating and communicating well. And so I was I was reading, as I often do, it, it, I came across a beautiful article 
uh, and, and I want to make sure uh, that, that I give it its due. It was written by Andrew Martyr, uh, and it was uh, on a blog uh, from Captera, and uh, it, it was it was wonderfully done. And so I'm going to be interjecting some of my favorites as well. But it was it was called the twenty worst business buzzwords, and so I'll be I'll be borrowing some from those and interjecting some of my favorites. But I just thought it was hilarious, and, and thought I would do and devote a show to it, because buzzwords. I, I hear consultants do it all the time. I certainly hear uh, a lot of the younger generation uh, start to throw buzzwords around. I even heard my uh, uh, daughter throw one the other day. And people think that these buzzwords or when they when they interject or use buzzwords uh, makes them sound smarter or, or makes their point uh, sound more poignant. And it really doesn't. And so these are some of the the worst ones that uh, the people have voted on uh, that I just find hilarious. So the first one is synergy. You, you know, I hear this often, especially. Uh, from executives that, you know, we want the synergy of the organization or we want more synergy within in, in, in synergy. They, they, they say um, all the time, but it, it certainly has been a word that's been beaten to death. Um, and it's, it's not, it's, it's not that it's the worst word. It's just been overused in, it, it, you know, synergy it's just a way to say we want people working better together. We want better communication. The problem is, is that when people utilize it, it's generally utilized in a way, coming back to what John says all the time, you know, culture eats vision for lunch. And so when I hear people using it, it's generally the people that are trying to set a vision, but the, they don't have the culture behind it. And so, uh, you know, we want to synergize. I want I want better synergy, yet they're the people that are just crushing uh, the culture around them. And so they're trying to set this vision. So synergy is one of those ones I'd like to see go away because the people that are generally saying it are the ones that are absolutely killing any possibility of synergy going around it. Um, one of the ones that that I uh, agree with on this list, and I think is is hilarious. I, I don't even know the the origin of it. Well, I know the origin of it, but why people would say it. Uh, and I heard this literally last week uh, when they say, "Open the kimono." We need to open the kimono, and, and so using this is says, uh, uh, you know, we we need to open the kimono and, and and get some real real value out of this, and, and so just. Hearing the the visualizing what that means, so opening a kimono, I, I get that you're you're trying to to send a visualization that that we need to be more transparent. So let's just say, let's be more transparent. But to to open the kimono implies maybe the the wrong visualization of the maybe you know let's not get naked let's be more transparent right open the kimono sends sends the wrong visualization completely that uh that maybe we're about to to see things that we really don't want to see whereas really what we're trying to say is is we want to be a little bit more transparent in our business practices maybe we want to uh let some people see some things uh for the first time but but opening the kimono is is basically um uh, giving imagery 
um, that uh, we really don't want to, to bring to the organization. Because uh, that has all the vividness uh, of, of things that, that I don't think we really want to see. And it also depends on kind of who's saying it, too, right? Let's not be weird about this. But depending on who said it, right, that may be an image that we don't want in our minds at all as well. <laughs> so let's let's just strike that one from the vocabulary. Um, one that is actually um, uh, ingrained in a lot of um, software as well is action items. Um, what what on earth action item? Um, I'm going to give you an action item. What what is an a, an action item? Um, so action item implies that that we decided not to to just do things, but to make everything part of some explosive story uh, about how we make photocopies and ask Margaret in accounting what her birthday is. It's it just you know getting. <laughs> Action item is is a task. It's a thing. It's a, what is an action? I'm going to give you an action item. It's like adding syllables to something to make it sound more important. It's 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 a to do. It's instead of saying you know I'm assigning you a task or I'm assigning you a to do or I'm giving you something to be done. It's an action item. So so what you get you know, assigned an action item. Ooh, you're so much cooler now because, because, because you got an action item. Like I didn't get an action item. I just, I just got a task. So I'm not as cool as you are because, because I didn't get an action item. I I just, I I, I just got something to do. It wasn't an action item. So I'm not as cool as you are. I, I, again, I love, and and, you know, to, to take a sidebar here, and, and I'm certainly not going to steal the thunder, and, and nor could I do it justice. But one of the greatest comedy bits I've ever heard in, in my entire life was George Carlin doing euphemisms. If, if you ever can just look that up on YouTube uh, and, and listen to George Carlin do euphemisms and, and how we add syllables and how we change things. And, and I'll give you one of the examples where, where like some at some point in our life, you know, to- toilet paper became bathroom tissue. Like nobody checked with us. No, nobody asked us if that was okay. It just it just became that. And he has just hundreds of examples that he rolls through in the in the comedy routine. And I find it hilarious. And we do this in business. We we add things, or we we say things, and, and it just becomes the accepted norm. And, and I don't know where it comes from. So how about this one? How about wheelhouse? And and I'll I'll be completely transparent or better yet i will open the kimono and say i actually said this the other day in in a sales demo i said man that is absolutely in our wheelhouse and i don't know why i said it i don't know if that gave the 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 potential client uh any more uh were they any more at ease that it's in my wheelhouse what is first of all what is a wheelhouse I, i don't know what a wheelhouse is um, and I don't know um, if that gave them any more confidence that my firm could handle what uh, w- what they were asking us to do. That if I just said, if I said, absolutely, we can handle that. Is that um, any different than, yeah, man, that's in our wheelhouse. I, I don't know why I said it. I don't know where it came from. I don't know that I gave them any more confidence that we can accomplish that. Uh, but when we say that is absolutely in our wheelhouse, 
I don't know why we say that or why that's a buzzword or why they we, we think that that is uh, cool. But for some reason, um, we, we do this. Now, um, one of the things that was on the list, I will say, uh, I, 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 I will disagree. And, and I've got a reason for it because I actually have a book. Um, but but one of the ones that that, that they brought up that that I, it, it says game changer and I do like game changer, um, if it's used in the right place because I I've got a a book called Stop Playing Games, and in that I want people to become game changers just because there's so many dumb games that we play in business that everybody just absolutely accepts the rules, and nobody challenges them and I'll give you give you one for example. Whenever you're doing a project, the first thing a project manager generally does with a project when they establish the price is that they will just add some sort of percentage. They'll just say, yeah, I'm going to throw 20% on top of this, and they pad the price. They, they, they pad it because the first thing a sponsor is going to do with that price is they're going to cut it. They're, they're going to just you know lump 15% off. So the game that everybody plays as a project manager is to see if they can outpad the cut. So essentially what we've done is we've trained the sponsors that they can cut the price of the project without consequence. And basically we've also started the relationship of sponsor to project manager by lying and, and being untruthful. And that's no way to start a relationship. So I want people to be game changers in the sense of let's just be honest with each other as to what the project's going to cost and let's not cut the budget without consequence and let's start this relationship with everybody trusting each other as to what things are going to be. So I do disagree with that. So now you kind of get a gist of what we're going to be talking about today on the show. I've got a ton more examples. I think these are fun. I wanted to keep it light and fun today for the show right before Father's Day. So if you're enjoying this, please hang around. If you've got some examples that you'd love for me to go through, please hit me up at Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris. Email me at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com or hit me up on Facebook as well. We're going to roll uh, through a few more of these on the show today, but we're going to take a quick break and listen to some sponsors. We're going to be right back on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick A. Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, 
build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to the Work-Life Balance. We're covering buzzwords that you need to stop using. And uh, I am uh, adapting this from an article written by Andrew Martyr that uh, I found on a blog site uh, from Capterra.com. And uh, we've rolled through a few of these. These are a lot of fun and uh, want to uh, keep going through these. Um, And so some of these uh, I I find hilarious. Some of these I disagree with. And, uh, again, we're just trying to have some fun today. So uh, one of the next ones I wanted to cover in in this one – um, sometimes uh, my staff and I will have some fun and, and you'll get uh, certain clients or you'll get certain consultants or things like that that will just have uh, something on repeat. And uh, so uh, I have massive ADD and so I get distracted very easily. And so um, uh, to tell a quick story, I was going through uh, agile training and uh, while I was going through this, uh, there, there was the the trainer had like four buzzwords that she just continued to repeat, and so I remember looking at at one of my staff members, and I had started a, an agile training buzzword um, uh, kanban board, and so I was <laughs> I was taking tick marks every time she said the same word, and and one of the ones that she was using all the time was at the end of the day, and and people use that almost like a pause now. Uh, or to to try to make a key point. So they always say, at the end of the day, uh, this is going to occur. And then at the end of the day, and it's like, well, there's only one thing that can really occur at the end of the day. So how many times can you use at the end of the day? And uh, so, of course, it's at the end of the day. And uh, no one cares about outcomes that aren't outcomes. And so when, when, you, when you're implying that you're saying something that matters, um, you don't have to really say at the end of the day. Let's just say what matters. And let's just... Uh, make your point. You don't have to really use at the end of the day as as a modifier. Um, if it's really important, people are going to pick it up. If it's really key, people will pick it up. You don't have to use at the end of the day as a modifier to get people to really understand uh, that you're saying something important. Let the importance of the point make sense. So at the end of the day, just don't use the modifier. Uh, another key one is uh, circle back. Uh, 
So we're going to circle back and uh, pick up this point later. Do, do you ever really circle back? And, and what, what's implied by circling back? Um, so circle back is either used to push somebody off or it's used to bring somebody back to a point. So it's either, um, hey, we're going to circle back to that later. Or uh, can we circle back to what you were saying? Look, um, it, you're either coming back to a point um, or it's, hey, can we discuss that later? But using circle, um, unless we're unless we're discussing, but but circle back is just again circle implies that we're going around it versus you know again do, do I want to bring this back or or do I want to push that off later? But circle back means that we're going in a circle versus just a longer way to say something. Um, and it also brings to mind. Um, a longer way to do something. So why would you ever circle back when you simply could just go back? Um, another one that, that, that that's fun is, is deep dive. So we're going to do a deep dive. So a, a deep dive, what, what, what do you mean we're going to do a deep dive? Uh, deep dive implies that, um, you're you're going into murky waters when when really what you're looking for to say is that we're we're going to research, um, and, and or that um, you're going to think about it or that you're going to explore, but a, a deep dive is is you know something completely different. I mean, and especially depending on the task that you're doing, if all you're doing is is you know, running some numbers or you're looking at a budget or, or something like that. So that's not really a deep dive. Um, and people use deep dive all the time to imply as if they did a tremendous amount of research when, when all they did was maybe a couple of formulas and a couple, you know, it's, it's, it's a very misused buzzword. And it's one that's implying that a lot more work went into something that, that maybe didn't even take that much time. So I think it's a buzzword that we absolutely need to throw out, and it's also one um, that that I tended to to look at a little bit further. So when somebody says, "Well, you know, we took a deep dive into the financials," and I'll say, "Well, excuse me, what does a deep dive incur?" I'll say, "What do you mean?" So, well, when you say you did a deep dive into the financials, what does that mean? Well, we, you know, it's a great one to catch people on when they say deep dive because deep dive again implies they spent hours upon hours upon hours when maybe all they looked at was the P and L. So uh, that's one I love to catch people on, depending on what it is that that, that we're dealing with in the in the scenario. Um, but deep dive is one that can te- definitely be overused. One of my I, I think one of the biggest ones I think can be overused and one that, that definitely, I mean, you can count this one in, in the number of times you'll hear it in a day, especially if you're in a lot of meetings like I am, uh, is take offline. So take offline is basically just a nice way to say, we're really not going to discuss this or, you know, we're, stop talking about it. But but take offline. So what does take offline mean? So take offline essentially. So take offline implies that you're online in the first place, right? So online 
online is implying that we're in an online meeting, but most of the time that you hear offline, uh, we're going to take that offline. Well, normally you hear that in a meeting, and generally, you know, when you're in a face-to-face meeting, that's implying that we're having an online meeting, but we're not. <laughs> so take offline is just a very nice way to say, we're not going to talk about this anymore. So instead of take offline, generally what we should be saying is, hey, can we discuss this later and maybe at another time? But you hear people say this all the time. Uh, we're going to just go ahead and take this meeting offline. And uh, I just I, that that one's one of my favorite ones <laughs> to hear. Um, and so it's supposed to be a nice way to say that the thing you keep talking about is is disrupting this meeting. So let's never speak of it again. Uh, but but it never comes off that way, right? In in basically, it, it's again we're we're not online. We're we're face to face. Um, so let's take this offline is, is just not even good grammar for that, for that matter. Um, another one that's curious to me is when somebody says, and, and I, I actually want to research this one further myself or, or for that matter, since we're, we're talking to this, I want to take a deep dive into this, uh, is begs the question. And I, I love reading uh, about grammar and about where things come from. And so I'm, I'm sure that there's there's something behind this, and, and I'm sure there's there's going to be grammar nerds that 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 will email me uh, about this. Um, but begs the question: where where did that even come from? And, and I actually had uh, somebody today in, in one of my presentations says, "Well, this begs the question that uh, what does begs the question mean?" All right. So I understand this brings up a question. I understand. Um, this makes me think of a question. I understand um, I have a question. I don't understand this begs a question. Well, this begs the question, what what begs? Begs means, you know, I'm, I'm begging you to stop. I'm begging you to bring up something else. I'm begging you to do something else. Um, uh, I, I get all that. Um, but begs the question, I, I, I don't get. Um, so I... Uh, you know, so I, I I don't understand where that comes from, and I'd I'd love some better explanation around that. But um, begs the question, yeah, I I, I want to get a better explanation around that one. But that's definitely a buzzword um, that that needs to get out there. Um, the the next one uh, that that I hear all the time is, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to Rachel, and uh, what do you mean reach out? Reach out. You're going to call her. You're going to um, you're going to email her. You're going to text her. What do you mean, reach out? Reach out implies um, that she's sitting right next to you, and you're going to touch her, right? So the old the old adage of reach out and touch somebody, but reach out. You're going to you know how are you going to get in touch with her? So it's another big buzzword. Yeah, let me reach out to Fred and uh, see what Fred has to say. Well, if you can reach out to Fred, he's he's sitting right next to you. So, you know, you can call, email, get in touch with, talk to, fax, page, send a smoke signal, any other communication option. But reaching out always seems like a commitment to yell into a crowd before shrugging your shoulders and walking away. I mean, take some responsibility for making sure you actually contact the, the person, not just, you know, reaching out. Um, how do we know you're actually going to get in touch? That, that's what we want to know. So 
these you see where we're going with these and I, I find these fantastic examples but i think a lot of times when people use some of these buzzwords the it it makes people think that they sound more intelligent or that they're so commonplace or accepted that it, it's you know it's a big thing and actually when we come back from break i'm going to pick on myself because there's one that I use all the time. And when somebody brought it up to me, there's there's actually two of them uh, that were brought up to me that I use all the time in my speeches. Uh, and uh, I think that they could easily be eliminated. And again, as, as a communicator, a professional communicator, not only on the radio, but in professional speeches, uh, once you become aware of these things, it's easy to start to uh, quell them out of your speeches. Uh, but you have no idea. Again, uh, unless you can become aware of them, uh, and as as Carl Jung says, uh, unless you can bring the subconscious conscious that will rule your life and you will call it fate, um, I was completely unaware that I was saying these things all the time. And so somebody brought them to my attention, and I started to become aware of those and, and started to phase them out of my normal conversation. Uh, so like a lot of these buzzwords, you can easily substitute and I think it helps you become a better communicator. So while we can have fun with these, I think it begs the question that uh, we can actually replace a lot of these and, and become better communicators in our daily lives. So we'll go over a couple of these, including some of the ones that I phased out when we come back after the break and listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. 
Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. So we've been talking about buzzwords that we should never use or stop using. And so, so far we've had some fun with those. And now I'm going to get into some ones that I use all the time or used to use all the time and had some friends of mine and and some people start to point these out to me and ones that I've been working very hard to start eliminating from my speeches. And uh, there's some very good reasons as to why. And so, again, being personal as I always am on the show, I wanted to talk about those. And I I think it's important to bring awareness to these and and start talking about them and and do that. So first one um, is a little bit fun, and and then we'll get into some of the more personal ones. First one is low-hanging fruit. And and I used to use this all the time uh, in my speech. I talked about, uh, as a consultant, here's some low-hanging fruit that you can go after. Um, And... uh, Really, that's that's just in a way it's insulting because it's saying no. Let's really do the hard stuff first, and watch someone else do the easy things. Of course, you're going to go after the low hanging fruit, um, and it's just an idiotic way to say something that everybody already knows. And so it's just you know, instead just to say here's some easy things that we can do, right? And so instead of saying let's go after the low hanging fruit buzzword, what you say is acknowledge that we all agree this is easy, let's just do it. Um, and so, again, I think what we do is is we tend to use buzzwords or we tend to use longer-sounding words to try to make ourselves sound more intelligent when it's unnecessary. Um, one of the things that I've always enjoyed about John Maxwell in, in something that in my professional speaking circles we talk about all the time is when, when you hear the really great speakers, um, a lot of the messages that they send, uh, w- we have a joke that we say, well, well, no, duh. And the reason why we say that is, is the elegance of a great communicator, the elegance of a great speaker, is that the things that they say, it isn't rocket science, but it's the thing that you needed to hear in the right way. So, for instance, you know, John has beautiful sayings all the time. In fact, his greatest quotes are are between five and seven words, and it's very simple language. But they're beautifully said, well-crafted. Now, having insight to John and John Maxwell and working with him in the last couple of years, I've watched him craft the messages. So, what what he does with us is is we'll get to hear his early teachings. And so, he just had a book come out called uh, No Limits. And we, we had um, the early teaching of No Limits. So when, when he had the concept of the book and he started teaching it, he, t- he taught it to a, a group of us early on. And so I got to hear that message as he was crafting it. And so some of the things that he was saying in the book uh, took longer for him to say. And so 
you know, he would have a point and the point would be, say, 10 to 12, maybe 14 words. By the time the book came out, they were six words. And so, for instance, one of one of his sayings uh, that, that came out uh, of intentional living was everything worthwhile is uphill. Right. What a great saying. And, and again, that's when you say, well, well, no, duh, that beautifully said, um, not rocket science, but but well-crafted, gorgeous message. But four words. Same thing is we don't have to say low hanging fruit. We can just say it's easy. And, and so the, the, the point of these buzzwords is that sometimes we're saying things that maybe we we don't need to say it in, in a longer context or we don't need to say it in, in more words or longer sounding words or, or buzzwords for that matter. Maybe we just need to say what we mean. So another one that I say all the time um, and have been trying to phase out is, and this one is actually uh, pretty rough, I think, is uh, think outside the box. So when you tell somebody, hey, man, we need to think outside the box, there's a lot of people that take that as an insult. There's a lot of people that, that when you say, hey, man, we need to think outside the box, basically you're telling them that they are often thinking inside the box, and, and that makes them stupid. And, and you're telling them in so many words – that they are stupid and uh, they need to take responsibility for being stupid and they need to be smart like you and think in a better way. And that's in, in, in the way that the author of this article actually puts it is uh, in so many words, you're saying normally you all have bad ideas. uh, So this time try having good ideas. And I, I know that's tough, but think about it. I mean, think when you, Hey man, think outside the box. That's that's pretty tough. That I mean, that's again. Think through what we're actually saying when we say "think outside the box." That's saying normally we're coming up with a slate of ideas that is generally inside uh, a, 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 a certain parameters, and, and and this time we need to go outside these parameters. So in essence, we're basically saying, you know, if, if we need to be outside the box, we need to be smarter than we normally are. And that's, that's, that's pretty tough uh, for a lot of people to hear. Uh, another one that, that I'm trying to phase out, and uh, this one I use often uh, when people – when, when I'm searching for advertisers and I'm, I'm searching to, to describe myself. And, and so let me put some context around this one. So, you know, I work with a, with a lot of people that, that try to describe what I do from a marketing perspective. And, and so I'll, I'll say the, this phrase, I'll, I'll say, well, you know, for the last 10 years, we've built R squared consulting and I've built my brand around being a thought leader. And, and, um, a, a thought leader is um, is a buzzword. It's a buzzword. A thought leader is is another way of just saying we're we're, we're trying to uh, trying to be experts. Um, but thought leadership and experts uh, doesn't really make sense. You don't lead thoughts. Uh, you lead people, and. Um, 
if if you want to be influential, people may like the thoughts that you have, um, but but you you influence through influencing people. And in my entire career as a project manager, um, I've never had the tools as a as a standard manager has. As a consultant, I don't have the standard tools that that a manager has. Meaning, I can't. You know, give time off. I can't give raises. I can't give good marks on their employee reviews. Um, all we've really had was the the influence um, over them to to you know make them want to uh, follow what we were trying to to lead them to do. Um, and so we've classified that as thought leadership, but it's not. It's it's leading people to follow a new direction because um, we we've sold a vision of where they want to go. Uh, that's not thought leadership. That's that's people leadership, and so um, that's one that uh, that 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 I've started to to walk away from. It's not thought leadership. It, it's it's influence, um, and so you know when people start to ask me what we do now, we we say um, we we influence through vision uh, versus saying uh, thought leadership. Uh, and again, this is this is all awareness that. As we grow as, as people and as we all should look at and do, um, we, we try to, to grow in our, our own hearts and our own minds. Uh, and then a big one, and, and this was one that, that I used all the time, uh, and, and it's the least favorite uh, a business phrase of all time. Um, people think that, again, longer words are worth more intelligence points. Uh, and even even really smart people uh, will, will fall into this trap. Um, but um, people use this word all the time. Um, they they say myself. Um, the, you know, myself is 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 crazy. Um, it's me. So. Um, they go well, you know. It's me, uh, you know, myself. I'll I'll do it myself. No, no, I'll do it. <laughs> it's not I'll do it myself. It's I'll do it. Um, you you can leave the myself off of it. Um, you cannot bring the 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 feedback to 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 Martin or myself. Um, it, it's it's just. Bring it to me. So adding the myself does not make you sound more important. It does not make you sound smarter. It's just bring it here. Bring it to me. Um, but for some reason, a lot of people love to throw the, the myself into it, and that becomes the, the, the major buzzword back. Uh, it, it, I, I don't get it, um, but... Uh, you know, it, it does not make you sound more intelligent, um, and it's actually just a horrible use of grammar. But uh, and and I'll tell you, uh, I used to use that one quite a bit. And so again, uh, I had a great friend point that one out to me, and something that uh, I've been using quite a bit. And uh, I'm trying to uh, shake that one. So what I've asked for is people to send me feedback and uh, have some comments on some of their favorite ones that uh, maybe I haven't brought up. So I'm going to uh, share some of those that have come in 
Uh, when we come back after the break here, uh, you're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development, to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance. We've been discussing buzzwords you should never use, and we covered quite a few. Uh, and um, we asked for some that uh, maybe that we missed off the list, and we had uh, a few chime in here from uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, a couple of the ones that, uh, that, that popped up here, uh, one of them was uh, on the launch pad. Uh, so I, I, I guess if uh, you're not in NASA, uh, on the launch pad uh, would just be corporate speak. Um, one of the other ones that popped up here was uh, core competency. I hear that one all the time. Let's not uh, that that that's not part of our core competency. Um, you could just say we don't do that, right? We, again, why why do we have to break out multiple syllables and multiple words um, to say uh, no? Um, it's not not a core competency for us to uh, do that, and uh, it's not uh, in our wheelhouse. Uh, just just say we don't do it. Um, core competency is, is is a big one. 
Um, we, you know, a lot of the other ones that were popping up were, um, you know, key phrases, not so much, you know, buzzwords, but things you hear like, you know, stepping up to the plate or be a team player, take the bull by the horns. Uh, it's not critical, you know, those types of things. Um, one I like, uh, though, in terms of buzzwords and just poor grammar is uh, revert. Yeah, let me revert back to you. Um, what? What? You know, just instead of saying, uh, let me ask Sandy. Uh, let me revert back to Sandy. Uh, Sandy, what did you think that just ask Sandy? What, why do you have to say, let me revert back to Sandy? How, how, I don't, again, um, let me ask Sandy what she thinks. I'm going to revert back to Sandy. Does that make me sound any more intelligent? Uh, does that make me sound like like uh, I should be an executive if I say I'm going to revert back to Sandy um, versus that? Uh, I, I don't get it. And again, you know, if if our if our goal is to to be communicative and, and to communicate in a better way, I don't understand why we have to use words that we think makes us sound smarter, which is at the end of the day, there it is, at the end of the day, people say things like at the end of the day to, to bring bigger points to mind and try to make them sound smarter. If I'm going to sit here and try to do a big sentence, I could say, well, going forward, I'm going to utilize my thought leadership to think outside of the box and and tackle the low-hanging fruit to surface and reach out, which begs the question to leverage more deep dives in order to circle back and become a game changer to find out what's in our wheelhouse so we can open the kimono and, and find synergy within our organization. What did I just say? None of that makes sense, right? None of that makes sense. If you want to be a better communicator, here's what you do. Say what you mean, be elegant, and say it in the fewest words possible. The only time you ever want to stretch the words is if you have an hour-long radio show that you're trying to fill the time. That's it. Otherwise, just say what you mean. Say what you got to say. Get it done. Otherwise, you sound like you're just trying to fill yourself with a bunch of corporate speak and you'll lose your audience. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. So coming up, I, I, I did want to take a couple minutes here um, because Father's Day is around. And uh, for, for those of you that, that don't know me, um, you know, I lost my father w- when I was 19 years old. And uh, that was probably one of the biggest impacts of my life. And for those of you that haven't read No Day But Today or followed No Day But Today with me, um, that's one of the biggest uh, impacts to me. And uh, he, he was one of the most powerful uh, people in my life. And, and so in speaking about corporate speak, I, I, I wish I knew the meaning of this, but I wanted to share with you my dad's corporate speak. Uh, every morning, he'd wake up and, and come out for breakfast and he'd go, son, what's the price of rice in China today? And to this day, I have no idea why he asked me that question. And if I didn't answer him, he'd get upset. He would. He'd get mad. And some days I'd say, I don't know, Dad, 30 cents. And some days I'd say, I don't know. And if I said, I don't know, or 30 cents, he was fine with that answer. But if I didn't answer him, he'd get mad. And, 
you know, as a man, I, I wonder if there was ever a point to that question. Um, and the unfortunate point is, is I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there was a point to that question. Um, but I can tell you with Father's Day uh, this weekend that, that I sorely miss him. And uh, I love him. And uh, I, I wish I had uh, a few more years to, to answer the question and uh, certainly the time to ask him what he meant by it. Uh, so for all of those that, that do have a dad around or, or that are a father, um, please take this time this weekend uh, to celebrate, um, as I will with, with my son and daughter, and please take the time to, to make sure that uh, you have the moment to, you know, to take this holiday and, and enjoy your family. I mean, the whole point of work-life balance is to make sure that, that we work so that we can have our lives and not the other way around. Um, for all of those that, uh, that that have families or that are sons and daughters, and uh, for all of those that are fathers, uh, God bless you. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic weekend uh, with your family from me to you. Um, and the one thing I hope uh, that nobody doubts is that, that your family loves you and uh, that, that you love your family. Uh, coming up again, uh, the launch of the John Maxwell Speakers Club is June 30th here in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll be live in Birmingham to kick that off. And um, speaking engagement-wise, I think my next one is coming up in uh, Texas for the Resource Planning Summit. Otherwise, we're going to be live again here next week on the Work-Life Balance uh, right here at 4 o'clock Central. Hit me up on Twitter, at Rick A. Morris. On Facebook, you can find me or LinkedIn. Uh, and always on voiceamerica.com. Had a great time this week. Please eliminate your buzzwords. Have a great time. We'll see you guys again next Friday. Same time, same channel. Talk again soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.